2: Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello
0: and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC.
2: I'm Corey.
0: And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 3, The Labors of Life
2: and my mind immediately went to the live action version of the grinch the fires of love <laughs> of course
0: a classic
2: it just has that same rhythm to it i think and that was where my brain lined it up
0: i personally think that's where they drew inspiration from jim carries the grinch
2: we can give him credit for that it's season 17 episode 3 already I feel like we've covered so much ground. The story is moving at a reasonable pace, not a glacial pace like we have the last two seasons.
0: It's rapid for Sister Wives.
2: Comparatively, yes, it's increased in its speed. But I think it's a normal pace by most standards for reality television, if not still a little slow, just like Robin. All right.
0: We're willing to accept whatever little crumbs they're going to give us. And this is a big one for the audience. We're doing, what, one month an episode? Wow,
2: vast improvement. I don't know what happens during the off season either. Just kind of gloss over that. We picked up right where we left off, and then now we're moving the storyline along, which is good. We don't want to miss anything along the way, but we don't need to dabble in it.
0: Thank God Christine left. What else would we be talking about here?
2: A lot of COVID protocols.
0: We would have had McKelty's birth story in at least three episodes.
2: So maybe it doesn't work out. Cody's taken the the checks right out of McKelty and Tony's bank account, unfortunately. And they have a young family to take care of now. That's unfortunate.
0: Just another way he's screwing over his older kids.
2: Yeah, why not? So the TLC description for this one is as schools begin to open up, Janelle challenges Cody about getting things back to normal. Then Christine travels to St. George, Utah to be with McKelty as she gives birth and Mary suffers a devastating loss. Pretty factual. That's an analysis of what happened. That is a generalized summary of what took place
0: i'm happy that we're finally starting to talk about getting things back to normal so that maybe we can move past covid protocols
2: yeah i think everybody ended up having this conversation at some point right around this timeline too because again we're still end of march 2021 here vaccines are on the way
0: gotta remind everyone because it's been so long since this actually happened in reality
2: frame that out (laughs) yes absolutely
0: I'm just ready to hear Cody not say COVID protocols anymore.
2: That would be good. That would be an improvement for the show overall, I think. We would just have to keep hearing him talking about paradigm shifts. Everything's a paradigm shift. For everybody, always a paradigm shift.
0: He's got some buzzwords that he goes to. He's got
2: the go-tos, yeah. In the meantime here, let's hear the Carly episode rewrite description so then that way we know what we're actually getting ourselves into.
0: Cody spends his anniversary alone. Christine commandeers a family Zoom call. McKelty breathed through her nipples.
2: Yes, that's true. Those are all <laughs> things that did happen too. I like that it is Cody's anniversary now.
0: We've really circled around on that one, haven't we? Because
2: he's always, yeah, always shifted that responsibility onto the wives. It's always their anniversary, not his.
0: He was just home waiting for a phone call that never came. Bummer. Sweet, sweet karma. Announcements? We got some.
2: So before we get into the episode here, yeah, a couple of announcements.
0: Reminder that if you are looking for our recaps of seasons one through seven, you can find those on Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod and season eight will be moving from the free feed, which is where you're listening now, over to Patreon on October 1st.
2: So Make sure to listen to those episodes this week. Otherwise, you can catch them over on the Patreon archives. And remember, we do our rewatches during the off-seasons, so once we get finished with season 17, we'll shift gears back to our old rewatch methods there, kicking in at season 10 of Mary's Catfish storyline. We're just getting into that. Into the thick of it. Oh, so much.
0: Also, if you join us over on Patreon, what we call the virtual cul-de-sac, As a legal wife, you can leave us voicemails with our super secret call-in number. So give us some thoughts on what you think of the season. Maybe there's a question you have for us about what we think about something that we didn't talk about or cover. Maybe you have a fan theory.
2: Let us know what you're thinking. But just remember, every single dollar that you pledge on the Patreon makes us just that much more successful than my sister wife's closet. And as always, huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the basement wife tier.
0: All right, let's get into this, because there's a lot of meat to this episode, and then there's some that we're going to pick off the bone and not pay as much attention to. I don't like
2: where that's going. (laughs) I don't like, we were just started in on Dahmer. I don't think we need to go this route this early, this soon.
0: Oh, maybe that's what it is. That's what's on my mind.
2: That's what's what's rolling around up there. But no, we're going to start the episode at St. George, Utah, gross, for Baby Watch. Christine is officially on Baby Watch. She's with McKelty. Any day now, this kid's going to be popping out.
0: And she had to leave a little early because she had to have some anniversary plans of her own. She's trying to be out of there by March 25th. She can't be around that day. She doesn't want to be anywhere in a hundred mile radius of Cody Brown.
2: No, they had this conversation six weeks ago. It's over. It's done. And she's moving to Utah. Not St. George, though. Gross. We've already established. Absolutely not.
0: Now we know why she thinks it's gross. She has spent some time there. She's had time to form an opinion, doesn't like it. Not trying to go back too often.
2: She's associated it with McKelty's home birth, and it's just, (laughs) can't do it. I can't live there.
0: Cody is coming up with a master plan at Robin's house, though. He is going to test Christine. How is he going to do that? Prove your love to me, your devotion to this family. How are you going to make people in the public believe that we are still together? Are you going to post an anniversary devotion to me and our marriage?
2: Yeah, let's get on the same page here. He's trying to shore up what this is, because if he posts something on social media and she doesn't, he's going to look like a fool. So he's trying to get their story straight before we take this to social media.
0: Because it's not real if it didn't happen on Facebook, right?
2: Right. Pics or it didn't happen.
0: It didn't happen.
2: It didn't. And it's not going to, and it never will ever again.
0: Also, why is this the thing that's going to make the kids think they're not together anymore? Robin doesn't post things on their anniversary. Are we supposed to believe that they're in dire straits?
2: They are in dire straits at this point because they're leaning a little bit too close to a monogamous marriage and they're not ready for that yet. But what does this come down to? Social media posts aside.
0: Maybe. Christine is just going to come to the realization that life doesn't get much better than being the basement wife in a sexless marriage.
2: You know, I think she's going to come around at some point. To understand the life that she's trying to build elsewhere, that's like better or enjoyable or happy, all those types of things. She's trying to build that elsewhere right now. I think she's finally going to realize at some point, never going to be better than what she has right now.
0: Sure, Jan. Sure.
2: This is the pinnacle. Yeah, it was a nice try. Nice try, Cody.
0: Luckily, Christina's done with all of this, all the fakeness, the facades that they're putting up. No. I'm not going to post anything for anniversary. And also, you know what? I really can't even bear to wear this wedding ring anymore.
2: She described the wedding ring being like a noose to her. So that's how far, again, they are not on the same page at all. Because Cody doesn't, still doesn't realize how serious Christine is about the fact that this is over and done with.
0: I felt like I could relate to that during COVID. My ring kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter.
2: It feels like a noose.
0: As the months went on. <laughs> not because our marriage was in struggle, but uh, I packed on the pounds. We've well,
2: got to cut this thing off of me is what's <laughs> going to happen. My finger's going blue. <laughs> so aside from that conversation, three months ago, she told him not to come over anymore. That's when she took the rings off. And that's when she basically realized, I kind of like this. kind of like this free and clear, no Cody thing that's going on in my life now.
0: So she is so... Done with the anniversary. Remember that last year when they had their horrible anniversary, she said, I can't do this again. Next year, it's not gonna happen. And so here we are. She was true to her word. She's free on March 25th, 2021. And she's starting to question, like, I don't know, when did it end? That's hard to say when you didn't really have a marriage in the first place.
2: And Christine's still being very careful about the way she's phrasing some of these things in her interviews in order to avoid upsetting Cody. I think, if he would happen to watch the show, which I'm sure Cody watches every single episode. But how do we make an official divorce if you never had a legal marriage? What does that divorce look like? They're still trying to figure this out and navigate what that's going to be.
0: For some reason, we talk about the intimacy thing. Again, I feel like we were pretty clear on what happened there. Christine is explaining again, it wasn't just about sex, although that didn't really happen either.
2: Because she's a frickin' bitch. we, We know it. We know But the intimacy in general, not just the lack of sex, intimacy, that was completely void.
0: Because Cody didn't trust her, which seems to be an ongoing theme for Cody. He doesn't trust anyone in this
2: family. I think he's very paranoid about a lot of things. And so that's only ramped up throughout COVID. But yes, trust is a very big thing for Cody. He needs the Fidelis.
0: (laughs) So we know she's considering this marriage as... Over, done with. She's ready to move on to her new life. She's really wishing she could stay in Utah. Not St. George, but just Utah instead of going home after this trip. But unfortunately, things just aren't moving as quickly as she would like. So she's putting off that move until September.
2: This is where Cody's going through a couple different ways of blaming Christine for his shortcomings in their relationship. All this unwinding of his entire purpose in life of living plural marriage, about how he withheld intimacy until she fixed her attitude and she decided instead to leave instead of fixing her attitude by Cody's standards and he never saw that coming.
0: Well, that backfired, didn't it?
2: Didn't think that all the way through. So there's some regret here.
0: And then he has the balls to complain about the fact that Christine didn't contact him on their anniversary.
2: You know, it was a real blow. But I don't know. Can we call it something? What else can we call it? It's not an anniversary. It's I need we need to call it something sadder. And I don't know what I would want to call it.
0: We have to come up with something for that because, yeah, anniversary doesn't really do it anymore.
2: And there's a negative connotation with anniversaries now, especially for Christine and for Mary. Even when they were in there still is not good.
0: It's not a happy thing on this show for sure. The murder tarp anniversary, we know. We'll have, to, we'll have to coin a name for this one. Where was the footage of Robin telling Cody that he needed to do everything he could to reach out to Christine on their anniversary to try to fix things, send her a bunch of flowers? I don't know. Go show up outside McKelty's apartment with a boombox standing outside his car.
2: She told him to sleep on Christine's couch. And that was about as far as she went. And that was last episode, two episodes ago? Nothing this episode. So maybe she's not the saint. She's always cracked up to be.
0: Cody's other issue with this, not only did she not contact me on our anniversary, but she has not even told her sister wives yet that she is leaving. And she's doing things like this that make it so obvious that she's not committed to this marriage anymore. In fact, I bet you all her kids probably know that we're getting divorced. Imagine that. Why would you tell them as a priority before other people? And all the kids who are in the rumor mill. All the ones who talk shit about me behind my back, all these group text messages, all the paranoia that Cody has, he thinks they all know, too.
2: It's the paranoia on full effect. Absolutely. That's what's going on here. Yeah,
0: but didn't we also just watch on national television, like, what was it, two seasons ago now, Christine say, I can't be married to Cody anymore? Is it a secret?
2: And to make the assumption, you're working off of all of these assumptions. You could ask Christine, hey, did you talk to your kids about this? No. Do they, they know? Do that? Do I, should I be careful about, you know, what I say or how often I'm coming, whatever. Can we get on the same page about that? No, because they're not going to get on the same page about anything. Because that's the main issue that was in their marriage was communication and lack thereof. And it continues.
0: She doesn't even have to worry about that because he is not going to reach out to talk to any of the kids. So he's not going to accidentally tell anyone anything.
2: Well, how much of a dick move would that be if he's working off the assumption that all the kids know, and then he starts running his mouth off to Truly about stuff, Truly does not know. Christine has been dreading bringing it up to her because divorce is such a big topic for her.
0: I'm telling you, he's going to be like, he's going to say something to Truly about having 50-50 custody of her. Don't you want to come live with me half the time? She's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking talking about? about, dad?
2: It's going to be bizarre.
0: God, he's a nightmare. Another nightmare is having to watch all of these people on a Zoom call.
2: Yeah. So meanwhile, back in Flagstaff at Robin's house, we're going to do a Zoom call with the wives and Cody we got big changes coming up. Schools are opening back up. we got to talk about it.
0: Cody gets shitty instantly that Christine kicks off the call by talking about the agenda.
2: Right. She jumps in. She provides a point of order, gives us a little rundown of what we're here to discuss, maybe get a little focus going on in the meeting. But Cody's upset because he wanted to do icebreakers first. Uh, He wants to go around and catch up with Janelle and catch up with Mary since he hasn't seen them in so very long.
0: Just a nice round robin first. We're just going (laughs) to (laughs) go. Where we only talk about things that revolve round robin. (laughs)
2: Oh, yes, that's it. So as it turns out, Janelle's actually in North Carolina. She planned to visit two months ago, contracted COVID, recovered, and then was able to come along for the trip here. I'm assuming that this is the trip that Cody had planned with her when he thought he had his COVID antibody status achieved by proxy.
0: It it totally is because you know he was looking for any excuse possible to go visit Caleb.
2: Top of mind. Yeah, because he keeps talking about how he wishes he could go see them. And I don't think he means them. I think he means him. (laughs) I want to go see him. He means Caleb.
0: (laughs) That's why he was so dumbfounded. He forgot that he hadn't had COVID.
2: Oh, shoot. You know what? I better not go.
0: Then Cody asks how McKelty is doing. I don't know. She's giving birth or something with a baby. I don't know. Is it due? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it
2: one? Is it two?
0: I haven't been paying attention much.
2: But then this is where we find out Robin should be paying attention because Robin apparently adores McKelty.
0: Yes, because McKelty is just one of her many past nannies.
2: As it turns out, because how many nannies does this woman need in her life at any given time?
0: I don't know, but they have a pretty close bond because of that.
2: So Robin has been officially invited to McKelty's birth, and we're going to see if she's going to be able to go because we still have these COVID protocols to figure out. So we're going to try and work it out, maybe see what we can do. It's not going to happen.
0: There was no chance in hell they were going to that house.
2: No effort was made. Nothing gained, nothing lost.
0: Then Cody starts arguing with Christine about how experienced McKelty's midwife is.
2: Yeah, I thought that was a weird thing to start shooting the shit about the midwife and then start immediately discrediting her work experience.
0: Someone who he's probably never met, oh, I
2: would guess. I guarantee you he's not met her. <laughs> he had no decision, no, you know, no say in that decision.
0: But he does not believe that she has attended 60,000 births. It's impossible.
2: 60,000 just by my math alone out of a 30-year career. So even if we put it north of 50.
0: She looked pretty young, didn't she? I don't I don't remember.
2: My yeah, she looked pretty young. But I mean By those numbers, 30 years, 60,000 births, that's like and then go by three hundred and sixty-five days a year. That's like five a day. That'd be a lot. But if you're working in a hospital where I don't even know how many babies you would deliver on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, do we know do we have any labor and delivery nurses out there listening? Let us know how many how many births do you attend in an average work day.
2: That'd be interesting. I would like to know what that number looks like. So then that way we can squash this Cody Mansplaining moment of 60,000 births.
0: You know what? Even if she was wrong, I don't care. I just don't like that Cody felt the need to insert himself into a conversation about a topic that he has had nothing to do with up until this point.
2: To undermine the person who's literally there to assist in the birth now. It's not we're interviewing her and trying to decide who it's going to be. That's not the time to raise those concerns. (laughs) No
0: Hours before she goes into labor, not the time to question the experience of the midwife.
2: She's scrubbing in right now. (laughs) So let's maybe table that.
0: Did he ask how many hours experience the nanny has? I guess McKelty didn't have to have much. She didn't have to be very qualified.
2: Right. Yeah. It was kind of a learn on the job type of a situation there. But McKelty's good. As it turns out, all midwife discussions aside, checking those time cards, McKelty's doing good. Tony, on the other hand, is a nervous wreck. He didn't even know that home births were a thing. And I don't know if he's a fan of them now, actually going through the process.
0: No, everyone else is calm. Tony is not. We see that later.
2: Janelle thought the same thing, though. She was like, home births were new to me, too. So Tony is not alone in that.
0: Now we start talking about the kids going back to school. It turns out they're on spring break right now. But once that ends, they have the choice of going back to school or continuing to stay online. So, of course, Cody, the involved father that he is, calls each and every one of his children who are currently enrolled in a Flagstaff public school and asks them what they were planning to do and had a conversation with them about it, right?
2: No, that's what this call is for, as Christine outlined on our agenda at the beginning of the call.
0: We get an update on where all the kids stand. So Savannah has decided she's going to stay online. They already have travel plans. They're just going to stick it out for the rest of the year. Robin's kids staying online. Is anybody at all shocked by that? I don't think so.
2: Not at all. I was a little bit surprised that Ari's not in school yet because she's probably four or five at this point, right?
0: You know, I've lost track of how old Ari is. She
2: just had a birthday. I don't know. If, again, four or five. Did we see, Who knows? How, many, did we see how many candles around that unicorn? I don't know. <laughs> As it turns out, Isabel is a senior this year and she would like to go back in person being a senior and that she is also planning to move away from Flagstaff basically as soon as school's over.
0: So this is pretty much the last couple of months that she's going to get to spend with her friends before she moves far away to go to college. As soon as Christine starts talking, Cody gets so irritated. He's rubbing his face. He just he seems like he can't bear the sound of Christine's voice or any of her thoughts. So if anyone was questioning how things are going, he's making it pretty obvious.
2: Well, my favorite part was when Christine asks him directly, oh, okay. so if Isabel decides to go back to school, then does that mean that you can't come over anymore? And Cody doesn't say anything. He just shrugs. Very similar to the fact that we didn't have this conversation on camera when Christine directly asked him, are we going to have intimacy in our marriage anymore? He didn't say anything, and he just shrugged. So you can just insert that footage in. It's the same exact conversation.
0: But did you see at first when she wasn't done with a sentence and she had said, does that mean you won't come over anymore? He nodded his head yes. And then as she continued talking, he started making this I don't know face and then did the shrug.
2: So again, you can just take that exact footage and just plop that in on the story that Christine gave us about their intimacy conversation as well.
0: So this is a difficult situation, right? Isabel has a reason to want to go back to school. It's her senior year. She wants to see her friends, but that means she's probably not going to see her dad. At least we'll take the shrug as meaning he's not going to come over.
2: And this is reaching a breaking point for Janelle now because Janelle knows what this situation is. It's Cody making Isabel decide, do you want to hang out with your friends or do you want to see your dad?
0: Yes, a very familiar puzzle. That she's used to dealing with over the whole course of the past year of COVID.
2: Because for her, it's been Gabe and Garrison have been fighting that exact same fight with Cody and basically on the brink of getting kicked out of their own house, allegedly, by Cody's standards, if he had any say in that house, but he doesn't. So it's just really unfortunate. But then we get to see more of Cody's paranoia because then he's also suspecting that his wives, specifically Christine and Janelle... Are just asking him all these things about COVID, about the protocols, about his guidelines, just to catch him in a COVID hypocrisy and make a fool of him.
0: How are you supposed to know how you are supposed to handle the rules going forward if you don't ask questions about them?
2: Well, it took us like eight months to even get the rules. And the rules in general were kind of a jumbled mess to begin with as well, too, because it was whatever they slapped together from the nanny's resume. And Google searches.
0: So he doesn't know. He has to refer back to the nanny. What do we do now that the schools are open again?
2: So she wasn't on this call. She wasn't able to make it. Maybe she was off camera at Robin's house. I don't know. Can't say for sure. But we didn't get a direct answer. So Janelle hits him with the real question, which is a lot of folks were probably having this conversation around this time period as well, too, in the real world, in real life. What is it going to take for you, Cody Brown, to live a normal life again? What does the infection rate need to be at? How low does it need to be? What does it look like getting back to normal? What is that going to take?
0: Right. And I think it's important to kind of frame up where we're at again. Remember, it's March 2021. We know vaccines are coming. Kids are starting to go back to school. This is a conversation a lot of people are starting to have because it's like a new phase, quote unquote, of the pandemic. And people are starting to figure out how do you re-enter the world if you've chosen to do what Cody and Robin have been doing. And right now they don't have an answer. At least that's that's what we seem to find out.
2: And I thought it was odd that Janelle felt like she was crossing a line by bringing this up. She admittedly said that she felt like she was crossing a line. I don't think she was crossing a line. I think she had every reason to be asking these questions and having this conversation with all the other wives and Cody.
0: Right. I think this is a timely point to be having this conversation And you're a family and you're supposed to be deciding these things together. So why actually Cody, who thinks that he is the leader of this family, should be the one initiating that conversation. But he's not ready to have it yet. So instead, we're leaving it to other people to bring it up. And then we're going to demonize them for asking the question.
2: He's cool with the way things are. He doesn't want to change it. And so it's just going to stay like this forever. And it's either follow the rules and obey me or don't. Maybe the side of it where Janelle was feeling a little bit guilty was, she felt like maybe she was overstepping because it's technically it's Christine's biological child, Isabel. But like we were saying, it's this is a similar fight that she's had with her kids. So I think she has every right to jump in on that and say, hey, for some extra frame of reference here, this isn't the first time we've talked about that.
0: Do you think that Cody implemented these rules and is being strict about COVID just that he could have a break from being a plural father and plural husband?
2: I'm sure the miles were racking up. On that track.
0: He just couldn't run from house to house anymore. He needed to do some strength training instead of cardio.
2: He was getting tired. He
0: had different fitness goals. Right, the
2: fitness goals that he had. (laughs) Run a a sub five-minute mile. That's a fitness goal that I have. I
0: want to beat Usain Bolt's record. (laughs) No, I'm just thinking about before COVID started, he was so down on polygamy and talking about how much he actually hated it. Remember, we're supposed to have an issue with Christine hating polygamy, but he said he had an issue with it and didn't want to advocate for it anymore and how difficult it was and how much easier it would be to just be a monogamous. So now we're seeing him living life that way. Do we think that this was just an excuse for him to stay stationary in one spot and live a quote-unquote normal life for a while?
2: Do you think he'll realize that it still sucks because it's still him? Nothing has changed? (laughs)
0: Yeah, he is the one who sucks in the equation. He's the one
2: who sucks, and that hasn't changed, and you still suck for different reasons. I don't think he's going to put two and two together on that, though. No.
0: And the questions continue because he says, I'm not concerned about getting sick myself. I have these fitness goals that I'd like to achieve that getting sick may get in the way of, but I am more worried about spreading it to other people than getting it myself.
2: He's also worried about these snotty little attitudes spreading to other people in the family as well, too. Because now he has built up in his mind. Again, the paranoia is building at this point. The rumor mill click group that he's put everybody in of all the dissenters in the family who are going against the COVID protocols and disobeying him and speaking out. He doesn't want that mindset getting around to everybody else. He has some people under full control.
0: I just don't get why he's not talking about getting vaccinated yet. If your main concern is spreading to other people, but also making sure that you don't get sick as well, wouldn't that be something that you'd be starting to talk about at this point or talking about everyone else who's eligible in the family to go get vaccinated?
2: So should we take bets on this? Because honestly, I would not have pegged Cody as a COVID-concerned person to actually go about it in a way where he was abiding by most quarantine rules and social distancing and following those to the extreme level that he has. Honestly, he probably is using it mostly as an excuse to avoid his responsibilities with his other wives and just spend all of his time with Robin and her kids. But it still surprised me. It surprised his own children. It surprised everyone on the planet. (laughs) So I think at this point, what do we think the odds are of him being for or against the vaccine, where are we leveling out there? I,
0: I don't think he gets vaccinated.
2: I think he's going to contract COVID at some point and then declare that he will. He does not need the vaccine because he's already had COVID.
0: He has infinite antibodies, even though Janelle's will only last for thirty days. What was he? What was in ninety days? Whatever. Whatever it was. it was, he was counting down the clock to not going there again after that expired.
2: Yes, I feel like he won't trust the vaccine. And that's going to be the biggest COVID protocol hypocrisy of them all is that he's wanting to still have everybody abide by all these rules of social distancing, of staying in the house, not going anywhere, not seeing anybody, not interacting. But then also I'm not getting vaccinated.
0: I guess we're going to find out, but I hope they start talking about it soon because we know that in the real timeline, they're starting to come out and people are starting to receive them. So it's very puzzling why that conversation hasn't come up yet as another step of how do we protect ourselves further against something that Cody has been concerned about for the past year.
2: To be fair, I think we're talking about COVID more than enough on the show of where we're at right now. So if they were making that like a big storyline and a main topic of discussion, it would be boring as shit to watch.
0: I don't want it to be a main topic of discussion. I just want to know, are we going to get the hypocrisy of him not doing that? And we're going to continue to drag out the protocol rules.
2: That's where it'll be interesting. And I feel like that we'll have to see that very soon.
0: He did mention masks in this when they were talking about school, that it was just a passing comment. It was something more, I don't remember what he said exactly. It was like uh, something about them being in school and wearing masks. I I would rather have them at home.
2: Rather have them at home online than going to school, like a comparative statement.
0: Yes. Which, who knows, maybe that's because he doesn't necessarily trust that the masks are enough of a barrier to keep them from getting sick. We know he doesn't trust anyone in this family themselves to follow any rule. So I'm sure he thinks that when they go to school, they're not going to do what they're told. The paranoia. Or it could be that he thinks that masks are a danger to their health because we know there were people who had that opinion. It would just be, again, puzzling, given his other positions on COVID.
2: I bet. That Robin would be one of the parents who thinks that wearing a mask for eight hours a day increases your carbon monoxide levels, carbon dioxide poisoning.
0: Do we think that she's going to hang a little, if, if, if she had to send Saul back to school, do you think she's hanging a carbon monoxide detector on him, on his backpack?
2: Oh, I thought you were going to ask if he was going to have one of those, uh.
0: Like a lanyard?
2: Well, the lanyard that, uh, they bought on 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) submit, <laughs> submit jetty Jenny when they bought the covid shields <laughs> necklaces that too <laughs> she'll send him with with a few of those couple few <laughs> but i don't think they i don't think cody had a full anti-mask sentiment i think it was mostly in in a comparative statement of saying i would rather have the kids at home and doing school online than to send them to school with a mask
0: i would say it was unclear right We didn't really go in any direction there. Right,
2: Can't say for sure on either side of that, but I would assume that he's talking about the preferences, keep them at home.
0: The other thing that really confused me about the whole conversation about school is why not just say some of the kids liked doing school online and they want to keep doing it online.
2: They literally said that Saul is thriving online. He's doing great with his schoolwork because it's online now.
0: So why do we even have to make it about COVID then?
2: then just say the kid's doing real good and we're going to stick with that.
0: We found a way to educate him that he enjoys and that he is getting something more out of than when he was in school. And there's only a couple more months left to the school year. So why not just stick it out, do what you got to do online, and then go back in the fall? It just seemed like we weren't really, we were making again about rules versus maybe what was right for the kids or what the kids preferred.
2: Well, it was weird because then, again, we're putting the onus on the kid to make the decision here, too, so that Cody is out of that equation. His whole thing is that for all of his wives, he doesn't decide what rules they follow. They decide, and then he'll decide based on what rules they decide.
0: Whoa, I just got lost. Whoa, look out. Robin thinks it's really, really stupid that Isabel's going to go back to school. She doesn't say that in the meeting, of course, but she says it in private on the couch.
2: But if it was Brianna's senior year, she would have been back at school already.
0: The whole family would have come over for her prom pictures.
2: And if they didn't, there would be hell to pay. (laughs) Disrespect. So it's just very strange to me that, again, a lot of the responsibility is falling on the kids. Cody is putting that responsibility on the kids, on the wives, on everybody else in the family except for himself.
0: Well, that's what he does to deflect responsibility in all aspects of his life.
2: We see it in full display because then he even brings it up in the conversation with Christine about, hey, yeah, I was going to go over and see Isabel and Gwen because they're still in Flagstaff, but did they get tested yet? I was going to go by, but they said that they had gone to school, so I wasn't going to be able to go over there until they have a negative COVID test. Did you schedule her for that, Christine?
0: Christine's like, I don't I don't know. She has the link. She's 17 years old. She knows how to go online and schedule a test. So, no, I didn't do it myself for her.
2: But she said that she was going to talk to you about scheduling it. So, I thought that you have all her information. So, you could just easily punch that in real quick. Help me out.
0: (laughs) The fact that this man wants to make it Christine's problem, to make it easier for him, is unbelievable. She's told you she's done with you. She doesn't want to be married to you anymore You have to make the effort to see your kids yourself. Why is that Christine's responsibility to facilitate?
2: It's another learning lesson for Cody because that is not how things are going to operate anymore. Not even close. So, yeah, you can kiss that system goodbye because Christine mentioned that she told Isabel and Gwen, don't go get tested every day in the hopes that your dad will come over if dad calls you and says, he's thinking about coming over, then you can schedule your test. Guess what? Cody didn't call, so they didn't schedule shit. He doesn't
0: communicate directly with the kids, unless they're the kids in Robin's house. And maybe that's because he doesn't have to call them or text them. It seems like that's a real barrier for him. What he did make sure he did was tell Brianna not to go back to school.
2: And Saul, executive decisions by Cody.
0: He said, I would like for you... To not go back to school. So that sets Christine off because Isabel never got a conversation like that with her dad. Why didn't he call her and say, I would like for you to not go back to school so that I can
2: see you? I feel like this was a backfire. This was a Robin deflection. She didn't want to sound like she was putting her foot down. She wanted to make it sound like it was a decision that Cody came up with. So she put the onus on Cody. Cody took that responsibility. And then that subsequently triggered Christine because then she's like, well, then why aren't you asking my kids to stay home? Because you don't want to see them.
0: I think that's how it happened, too, because he interrupts Robin after she has said that they're going to stay home and continue to do school online. And then he butts in and says, I asked them to stay home as if he has to make sure there's no suspicion Suspicion (laughs) that Robin is the one who's being extra cautious.
2: So I'm kind of bummed that Christine didn't bring that up in the Zoom call. It was just brought up in her confessional footage. I thought that that would have been a great conversation to have with the rest of the family.
0: Janelle is not done yet because she is still very irritated on what's going on here. She says to Cody, "Why can't you visit Isabel outside then if you're not going to be comfortable coming over and seeing her because she's in school?"
2: And Cody has to spiral into some weird excuses. He starts stammering and complaining about how it's too cold outside to visit. It's still cold sometimes, a lot of times. It was snowing when we started the Zoom call.
0: The weather isn't warm enough yet all the time.
2: Not all the time. So maybe go on the times when it is warm then.
0: Or how about you take one of those Cheesecake Factory outdoor heaters that Robin has on her deck outside And bring it over to Christine's house.
2: I think Robin has a few of those and Mary might even too. Mary does too. Those like industrial grade outdoor patio restaurant heaters for specific square footage areas.
0: Buy a fire pit on sale for $169.99.
2: Peel some of those logs and just set them on fire. On Coyote Pass.
0: <laughs> well, he has no problem going out to Coyote Pass in the dead of winter to pill logs. That's fine.
2: That's because he's bored, though. He's looking for something to do. But yeah, Chanel's just trying to point this out. Look, it's your kid. It's hard to not take this personally when it seems like you're just making up stupid excuses.
0: Well, he is, because he only wants to make an effort with the younger kids who still haven't formed a negative opinion of him.
2: That's what he can't say out loud. Yeah, because he tells us Truly's
0: excited whenever she sees me.
2: Yeah, for now, let's give it a year or two, and then we'll circle back on that.
0: So he's just investing his time in Saul, Ari, and he claims Truly, but that's like mm, when he has the time. Robin's face when Cody claims that teenage kids don't need their parents as much as younger kids.
2: And Mary, too. Mary was laughing at him, (laughs) not with him, at him.
0: Robin, we know, thinks that the older kids need their dad, specifically her older kids. So she was not okay with that
2: statement. Look, I don't want to criticize Cody, but I will. Kids need their parents forever. Forever, forever.
0: <laughs> Janelle's done with this conversation. That's pretty much how she's been. The pa- every time they've had a Zoom family Zoom call or in person in meeting,
2: person. she's the one to conclude the meetings. Christine kicks off the meetings. Janelle's the closer.
0: <laughs> Typically, she would say something about rain coming in.
2: There's storm clouds. There's weather rolling in of some kind, some variant.
0: This time she's indoors, so she's talking about how she's hearing the kids through the door. It's it's time for her to go. She's in a different time zone. It's a little later here. She's done with that. She tells the cameras, I'm going to do me. Fuck this. They're going to do what they're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's where I'm at at this point.
2: And that basically leaves Christine to be like, okay, well, so I guess this is all on Isabel to decide. Cool. That's a nice, fun little decision for a 17-year-old girl to decide.
0: Pick your dad or pick your friends. That's not hard at all, is it?
2: Not hard at this stage, I guess, at this point. But we'll continue on. We uh, we have to shift gears here, and it's it's not an easy one to talk about.
0: The episode takes a real turn here because we have to go into a death and a birth, which I do like that they juxtapose that for us. But we start off with Mary. We find out that her mom, Bonnie, has been in the hospital for the past two days, which it was interesting to watch this footage because I don't think we really knew exactly what happened. Mary had posted things about her mom passing away on social media when it happened. And it was clear that she wasn't there for it, but we didn't know exactly how it went down.
2: So it's not looking good. Mary is trying to rush to get up there. They basically are giving her the time frame of you have like five hours to get here. And she's looking at the clock. She's like, it takes five hours to drive there. So she is gunning it. She's trying to get up there as fast as she can. But even just an hour into that drive, an hour after filming her initial reaction in the car, she got the call. Her mom didn't make it.
0: I literally can't believe that she filmed during this.
2: That was crazy to me, too. And because she's also continuing the trend from past seasons and this season, she is very alone in all of this. She's the only one in the car.
0: Yeah, that was sad that nobody came with her. I understand this is like a situation where you jump in the car and you go. You don't have time to coordinate with Cody about who's going to go where, you know, how are we going to get Robin to survive by herself when the nanny's only here certain hours of the day.
2: Taking COVID tests. When are we going to get the results? I got to go.
0: Then they give us something to really react to here because Mary talks about, as we know, Bonnie was also a sister wife or lived plural marriage. And she talks about how Bonnie didn't get to grow old with her sister wives because over the years, some had left and it ended up just being Bonnie in the end. Familiar story, perhaps.
2: Right. Something that Mary can relate to. Going to be divorces. People come, people go. Never got to experience the growing old with her sister wives.
0: And of course, everyone has nothing but positive things to say about Bonnie. Cody has more nice things to say about her than he has to say about Mary.
2: Than anybody.
0: His face lit up when he got to talk about Bonnie. We haven't seen him act like that when it comes to Mary in, what, years?
2: Several seasons. And I did like, yeah, it looked like Cody was self-filming in, uh, maybe it was Lizzie's Heritage Inn. I couldn't confirm which room that was. Also, I'd like to make up the mental storyline that Cody actually stayed at a competing inn nearby, another B&B, just to be up there for the funeral. He, he just won't stay at Mary's.
0: Now, nah, you know he stayed at her inn because he got to take that room for free. He didn't pay for it.
2: And it was free. <laughs> Price was right. Couldn't say no.
0: Mary doesn't know what's going to happen now. She's got to figure out life without her mom, and she has to find a new innkeeper.
2: But, you know, adult children, they don't really need their parents, so I think she'll be okay.
0: (laughs) Another hard shift here. McKelty is in labor.
2: She's really in labor. And as it turns out, Robin was not able to fashion a makeshift bubble suit to travel to St. George for the birth. So we're just going to have to settle on a Zoom call instead. Burn that server when you're done.
0: (laughs) They had a research if you could get COVID through the screen for being, you know, a long call. She's going to be on there for hours. I'll still have my gloves on and
2: will occasionally
0: sanitize. I don't think I could do this. I'm going to give her some credit. I would be so bored. I'd be like, I can't see. I can't What's see anything. I can only hear people yelling things and noises. Guttural and, noises. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a snack partway through this. I'm kind of hungry. No,
2: you'd lose your appetite pretty quick, <laughs> depending on the angle. I don't know. It's going to take a lot if you're married to Cody. Christine's taking pictures with Tony's cell phone at one point and then showing those on the Zoom camera so that way Robin knows too much information that's being shared in a virtual format here.
0: We got to talk about the fact that only Robin and Christine are here because some of the sister wives didn't get invites.
2: Well, yeah, it's just based on McKelty's preferences, right? Because that's the two moms that she has the closest bond with. Christine's her biological mom. Robin is her... Employer. Her her hiring mom.
0: (laughs) Her past employer. We know we've seen other births, of course, on this show, and the kids tend to choose who they would prefer to have here. So... Mary and Janelle did not get an invitation this time around. That kind of sucks, though. It's like you couldn't even jump on Zoom for like five minutes. This is a closed room. You're going to need a password. Password Do you have the passcode?
2: Yeah, it's Mary's waiting in the lobby. (laughs) You're going to admit her or deny? Nobody's hitting the admit button. Deny. (laughs) Deny. Yeah, because that's the trend here is that nobody wants Mary at their birth. Because Maddie was always a hard pass on that the past few seasons. And now McKelty's continuing with that trend as well.
0: They tell Robin make sure he take a shower. You're clothed because we're filming this.
2: I thought that was an interesting warning.
0: Is she is she like nude <laughs> most that,
2: of the time in the Shiraz Chateau. That just implies that Robin is usually unkempt and naked, wandering around the house.
0: <laughs> they just need to warn her that you're gonna have to draw your eyebrows on.
2: That must be it. That was what the actual warning was.
0: Take the pink curls out. Let those ringlets down.
2: You need to. Prepare yourself. Do you understand <laughs> we, what I'm saying.
0: We barely even saw her. She was she was on the laptop, off to the side at one point, where she belongs. McKelty explains a little further about this relationship she has with Robin. Again, she watched Robin's kids. She nannied them. She got them ready for school. When Cody and Robin were courting, can we talk about that?
2: Not just when they were courting. When they started courting, which means. She moved several hours away from her family to help Robin with her kids.
0: And we see the footage of her in Robin's old apartment back in what was it? I think it was St. George where she lived at first. Gross. But it was that that first apartment that she had with the kids where Cody would come visit.
2: I just remember the terrible, terrible pasta that Dayton ate. That's all I remember.
0: With the cheddar cheese on top.
2: The cheddar cheese and the prego.
0: And the bowl of celery off to the side.
2: Side of celery for Every pasta dish can't go wrong.
0: So Christina's pregnant with Truly at this point. We know Robin is courting Cody. She has some feelings about that. No one really asked her about it in the first place before they got more serious. And then she's having to have one of her children go nanny for Robin.
2: Well, you know, she wasn't sent an Aspen. That's the A team. So (laughs) who can I give up? It's basically McKelty's on the waiver wire here.
0: We're going to loan her out for a little while. You're going to have to return her. It's she's not.
2: She could help out if I really needed her to. But if I had to let her go, I'll let her go.
0: Wow. How long has Robin had help with her kids?
2: Apparently from before day one, because this was at the beginning of the courting process.
0: But Christine has never been willing to be a mother to Robin's children, even to allow her own children to mother Robin's children.
2: Is anybody not parentified? I mean, clearly Robin's children aren't. They're infantilized. We've established that multiple times. But this is just shocking.
0: It's a little awkward to be having this call because Christina's is assuming Robin knows that she's leaving. One, because Cody took the boxes that were in her garage and they had to go somewhere. So they must be at Robin's house. And two, Cody has a big mouth.
2: Some people were pointing out that on those establishing shots of Robin's house last episode in episode two, you could see some of those boxes. So they definitely ended up at Robin's house. There is a pile
0: of boxes downstairs in one of the rooms and you can see it through the windows when all the lights are on. Although it could just be a lot of my sister wife's closet jewelry, leftover inventory.
2: Could just be a whole hell of a lot of Christmas decorations that she still didn't get around unpacking.
0: She's a hoarder. Let's just say it.
2: Buried alive. There are a few U-Hauls on Coyote Pass that can attest to that.
0: Tony is nervous about this home birth. As we know, this family is a big proponent of having home births. We've seen a many. They've also had hospital births that they could compare to. And this is what they prefer. But there are a lot of details about a home birth that Tony is concerned about, like catching the baby.
2: Yeah, don't drop the baby. And the nurse was being completely honest with them where, hey, it happens. Nurses drop babies. Sometimes it happens. She's seen 60,000 births. She's seen a few dads drop a baby. Statistic anomaly. It is not so. Tony's running that scenario in his head too. If a professional can drop a baby, Tony can definitely drop a baby.
0: What a big decision to make here. Is he going to do this, or is he going to leave it up to the professional? Because this baby is going to be slippery. It's going to be slippery from just the natural things that occur in birth. It might smell like poop. I I might be so disgusted by the smell of the baby that I drop it.
2: It's a possibility. He's running scenarios at this point. He doesn't know what to expect.
0: Just say, I don't want to catch the baby. It's okay.
2: I think that would be the one. But honestly, he should have caught this one, though, because if you're worried about catching one, you're not going to catch two <laughs> on the twins on the next one.
0: <laughs> and as we know, he's got two a coming. So, Spoiler
2: uh, <laughs> alert. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Tony spends most of the berth rolling across the bed. He's rolling. He's jumping on from one side, rolling his whole body to the other to get over to where McKelty is.
2: Kicking the pillows around. I don't think we ended up on the bed. I think McKelty was on the floor, on the toilet. There was a lot of different areas, but I don't think she was ever on the bed. The bed was exclusively for Tony. It must have been. Yeah, just to relieve some stress.
0: Speaking of stress, Cody clearly isn't here. Also didn't receive an invite because who would want to deal with that manic energy while you're giving birth?
2: McKelty knew better. And she was like, no, you can just, we'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay.
0: Robin is looking very uncomfortable the whole time on the Zoom. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense why she's there. She's not really that encouraging.
2: Well, maybe she just drew her eyebrows on really fast. (laughs) And so she just has an inquisitive look, but she just slapped them on there a little too quick.
0: Not indicative of her true emotions.
2: Not a clear representation of how she's actually feeling on the call.
0: She knows something strange is happening between Cody and Christine and that she has to stay out of it. So she's trying not to speak up and say anything that she shouldn't say.
2: I'm going to go ahead and correct you on that one, Carly. She knows she's supposed to stay out of it, not that she has to stay out of it.
0: So she's just waiting for an opportunity during this birth to ask Christine why she gave up on her marriage so quickly. Right.
2: And we're just going to wedge that in, but hasn't been brought up in the first 22 hours of labor. So I don't know if she's going to find an opportunity here. Doesn't seem like it's going very well. We've had a rough go so far, but you know, it's getting serious because Tony had to tie his hair back.
0: Things are progressing.
2: This is home birth. This is completely natural. There is no pain medication. So there is so much pain. And basically, Christine and Robin just have to talk about how hard it is to see your kid in pain.
0: Robin especially, because she says McKelty is her baby.
2: Again, yeah, she's the empath. So she just has to steal that emotion. Christine's feeling that emotion. I get to feel that emotion. That's my feeling now.
0: Afterwards, when this call ended, she told Cody it was like she also gave birth to a baby this day. She experienced all the emotions, all of the pain herself firsthand.
2: At this point, we're 24 hours into labor. McKelty's about to start a metal band. (laughs) We're almost done. So go, go, go. It's time to push. Pushing for real. They're seeing the head, but they're losing the heartbeat. We got to push. We got to push.
0: This was scary, and I could see why Tony was nervous about having a home birth. It turns out Avalon's umbilical cord is wrapped around her neck multiple times. So every time McKelty is pushing... And then not successfully pushing her out all the way. She's getting pulled on by the cord and getting pulled back in. So that's pretty horrifying. Although I would say everyone pretty much stays calm. And Tony is up at the other end because, you know, he, he seems to have decided he's not catching the baby. So it's probably a good thing that he can't see what's going on.
2: Yeah, I'd be freaked out at that point, too. So it's probably a good thing.
0: But baby Avalon enters the world. What was she? Eight pounds. Did you write it down? Eight pounds, 14 ounces? I
2: did not write it down.
0: Something like that.
2: But she's a little chubber.
0: Yeah, she's she's adorable.
2: Very cute.
0: And um, there we go. We have a baby. Tony cannot believe that this baby had once fit inside of McKelty.
2: How'd you fit that in there?
0: She's bigger than a platter of tacos. Tony can't understand how she could have housed that inside of her for so long.
2: I know there's rumblings about We haven't gotten to him in the rewatch, and I don't think he's been in any of these newer seasons. Maybe last season when they were talking about, yeah, the baby, the gender reveal and all that stuff. So we have seen, and we know. There's stuff about the wedding. We'll get to that on the rewatch. We'll stay tuned for that.
0: Looking forward to that. It's a good one.
2: I've heard things, but I'm looking to formulate my own opinion as well.
0: Robin can't wait to see the baby in person, whenever it is that Cody decides that she can do that.
2: 2030, 2040, something like that. Probably before climate change really kicks in.
0: And Christine says that Avalon is going to have the best parents. And she is just excited for this journey and to be part of it with them because they are an amazing, awesome team.
2: Christine is blown away at how great of a team Tony and McKelty are through the whole childbirth experience. Tony was there. Rubbing McKelty's back, every single contraction. They were right there, side by side, hand in hand.
0: Something she doesn't know anything about, having the support of her partner.
2: Poor Christine. Yeah, Christine, it it just emphasizes so much more for her that she does not have that in her relationship.
0: Next episode, Janelle makes a major decision about her living situation without telling Cody. The family disagrees about the kids returning back to school then Christine gathers her sister wives to reveal that she's divorcing Cody.
2: Right. So Christine finally gets to tell the wives that she's leaving. And I think Mary's jealous.
0: This is a conversation I've been waiting for. I'm jonesing for it. I can't wait for next week.
2: This is going to be a good one. And it doesn't look like it's too cold out either. So they didn't have to bring over the industrial heaters, thankfully.
0: Hmm. So only a couple weeks have passed and it seems like it's just fine to sit outside and Flagstaff.
2: Well, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it snows, too, up in the mountains, up at the Shiraz Chateau.
0: And we find out it's part of that bombshell conversation that Cody thinks he's getting 50-50 custody of Truly.
2: He seems to be under the impression, I don't think anybody, he needs to call Ron. He needs to call Ronald McDonald Esquire again and get his story straight. Get the facts.
0: We will not have it.
2: It's not going to happen.
0: Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
2: Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod.
0: Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week.
3: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.